He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. A conversation I'm extremely excited to have with a living legend that with the help of his four bandmates throughout the decade of the 1960s would not only help change, but unapologetically shape the course of popular music forever. If there existed a power ranking for British invasion bands, the Beatles unquestionably would sit atop that mountain, but a very close second, a band that was actually first to play the United States and spearhead one of the most important and influential movements in music history, was the Dave Clark Five. And today, I'm talking to the band's drummer and primary songwriter, who also served as the band's publicist, manager, and even brought producing and acting chops to his role. Dave Clark is my special guest. Hi, Andy. How are you, mate? I'm great. I'm honored to share these airwaves with you today, sir. My pleasure. All the Hits, a brilliantly remastered collection featuring 16 of the Dave Clark Five's most beloved songs, available on CD, on vinyl, and digitally as well. And much like this beautiful package you've created for fans around the world, everything you have done as the leader of the Dave Clark Five, you've done with style, Dave. Over 100 million records sold over the course of this incredible career. A remarkable string of hit songs, first in the UK and then eventually to the US where you would spearhead the British invasion. As you're revisiting these songs and reliving memories from that period of time, does it all feel like a blur or did you take stock of what was happening and enjoy the ride while it was going on? No, it's not a blur. It was a very important part of our lives for all the boys. Um, No, it's It's good. They're happy times, good times, you know. So, no, it wasn't a blur. It seems as though it was a perfect storm between the demand you created with your music and the priceless promotional vehicles at the time, such as the Ed Sullivan Show. Well, that was lucky, because I didn't know who Ed Sullivan was. And we were on a, a, a TV show here called Sunday Night at the London Palladium, and we topped the bill, and the boys were still working in offices and factories, and I was doing film extra work. But it got 25 to 30 million viewers. And Ed Sullivan happened to be at the airport, and his flame, flame was delayed, and he watched our performance, and then he got onto us, and that's how it all happened. And I'd never heard of Ed Sullivan, so I, I turned the show down. And then a week later, he got on, and I think he offered us $10,000 and and all the airfares and hotels. And I said to the guys, you know, let's go over. It'd be fun to see America. We've only seen it in the movies. And that was it, you know. It was fantastic. When you get off the plane for the very first time in the States, and, you know, every artist I've ever talked to from the U.K. says that that is the ultimate goal for the artist, is to get here and to be a success. When you first stepped off that plane, what was that feeling like? Well, we were unknown, really. We had a top 10 record, um, and it was exciting. But a, a, a very funny well, what happened? We on the way in from the airport, there was had these billboards, and one of them said Montego Bay Island Paradise. It looked wonderful. We got to New York, we we did the show, and it went down so well. This is the Ed Sullivan show that he actually pulled us back on stage at the end and said, "I'm holding them over in America to top the bill next week." At the end of the show, I had to go up to him and say, "I'm very flattered, Mr. Sullivan." 
but we're already booked in England. I can't do the show. And he said, I've told 70 million homes that you're going to be on next week. <laughs> the first time I realized it was 70 million homes it went into. And um, he said, look, I'll buy it out. Buy the show out of England. And I said, well, I couldn't stay in New York for another week. Not, I'd never been to New York. It was just that we'd had um, three months in England with huge hits. And um, we couldn't go out or do anything. He said, where do you want to go? And I flashed on this billboard. I said, Montego Bay. Now, it could have been the other side of the world, for all I knew. It happened to be in Jamaica. So he flew us all to Jamaica. We went to Montego Bay, came back five days later into Kennedy Airport, and there were 30-odd thousand people there. Oh. The power of television. They couldn't get us out. They had to fly us out by helicopter. Oh, and my the rest God. is history. That's crazy. You know, it becomes near impossible to step out in public and not be recognized. And, you know, the British invasion to this day remains one of the most powerful and influential movements in popular music history. Being at the forefront of that hysteria was probably equal parts thrilling and terrifying, I imagine. Yes, it was. That's why we got our own plane, because it was, it was very dangerous. You know, um, because the hysteria, and they didn't know how to handle the crowds in those days, because it all happened out the blue. And it was, I always remember one of our first shows was in Washington, D.C., but it was in the round. You can imagine a boxing ring in the round, but the stage was in the round. And they got us onto the stage with loads of police either side of us. But when we finished the show and we came off, Rick, my bass player, got knocked out. And they said, leave him. You can't leave him. <laughs> you know, so we carried him out. And that's when I realized that, you know, it was uh, amazing, but we needed to get it organized. And so we got our own plane. Wow. What was it like, yeah. the pressure of following one massive hit with more, especially with the amount of competition that grew exponentially in the mid-60s? I think competition's good. I've always felt that when I used to go to concerts before we made it. If I saw somebody that was really good and much better than we were, that would make me strive harder to become good. And I think the more competition, it, make, it keeps you on your toes. There wasn't any animosity from our end. Um, so you just hoped that the record was going to be a success. But, you know, no, for us, the first two years was unbelievable. I mean, we had 15 consecutive hits which was unheard of in those days. So you'd consider your relationship to the Beatles, for example, a rivalry of sorts, and that you were each kind of competing for that market share, but in doing so, you were pushing each other creatively. Would you say that's fair? Oh, I think everybody did. You know, they were all pushing creatively. I never tried, when you say pushing the Beatles, they had their own um, style and were writing their own songs. We were totally different, on the other hand. Um, but... I thought that was healthy competition. I don't know if you saw our PBS documentary two years ago. Um, Paul McCartney was on it and was saying it was healthy competition, and it really was. And we were all friends, so that was good. Your induction into the Rock Hall of Fame in 2008, one of the greatest actors of all time, Tom Hanks, gave a wonderful speech in honor of you and your band. Was he somehow chosen for you, or did you have a hand in who would deliver that induction speech? I did, actually, uh, being totally up front. I got a fan letter from Tom after he'd done um, Forrest Gump and um, Philadelphia. And it was amazing, because he was directing the film. Um, 
that thing you do. And and we met, and he was a big, big fan. Now, when it came down to the Hall of Fame, they said, who do you want? And I said, I'd love Tom Hanks because he's a genuine fan, and it's different. And and that was it. And I didn't know Tom was going to come and do... Well, he he did a, a speech that was... Um, by all the main press in New York, L.A., everywhere. So it was the best induction speech since the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame first started. He was genuine, and that's that's the way he felt. It, it was amazing for us. I'm telling you. He is an icon, you know. Of course. I could spend literally days talking to you, Dave, and I really appreciate your time, and I know our time's running short here. So real quick, I just wanted to say thank you for putting out the music on which you collaborated with Freddie Mercury last year. I'm I'm one of the biggest Freddie fans you'll ever meet, and for you to have been one of his closest friends for so long makes this conversation even more special to me. So thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Oh, my, my pleasure. So you obviously heard the track uh, recently in... July, I did with Freddie. Non-stop, in fact, because it's such a breathtaking mix, uh, and Freddie's voice cuts through so perfectly clear. It's so beautiful. Oh, wonderful. You know it did over 30 million streams in the first few weeks. It's amazing. The power of Freddie, the power of Dave Clark, all the hits is just an amazing collection. 16 of the Dave Clark Five's most beloved songs is available on CD, on vinyl, and digitally as well. One last item for you, Dave. I, I've looked everywhere, and I can't find out whether or not you've ever written a book about your life. Have you? No, I haven't. I got really down to it, and then um, I lost some close friends and in my family as well. And um, I sort of, the spark went out of it. Who knows? I might end up doing it. But, you know, I think that, I don't know if you saw the documentary I did on PBS. I will now. That really summed up the whole DC5 and the whole era, in a way. Um, But we'll see. I've learned in life there's not such a thing as never, ever. You know, I never thought I would go into theater and, and have a huge musical. I never thought I'd be recording Freddie Mercury or or whatever, you know. It's the exciting thing about our profession is you don't know what's around the corner, and it's always exciting. You know, I love working with amazing, talented people. I did that with Stevie Wonder. You know, it's wonderful. And, you know, they, they... You know, they really influence you and inspire you. You've inspired countless millions. It's been an absolute thrill to talk to you today, Dave. Thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it very much. My pleasure. You take care, and thanks for a very interesting interview. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great day, okay? Take care, my friend. Bye.